0: Welcome to the podcast at Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. We'll be in Matthew chapter 13 today. Matthew chapter 13, and starting in verse 24. Many of us have wondered, why are we still here? Why do we still live in a world where bad things happen? Where there's suffering, where there's death, where there's still evil? We, we think of the biblical storyline of how God created all of us. He created Adam and Eve, our first parents, in a garden to live perfectly everything they needed was given to them it was a perfect paradise that we were meant to live in and then we know from chapter 3 how there was the fall how adam and eve partook of the fruit it was they were commanded not to and so sin and death entered into this world And throughout the whole Old Testament, we were looking forward to a time when this would all be resolved. In Genesis chapter 3, God promises Adam and Eve that there would be someone who would be a descendant of Eve, the seed of the woman who would come and crush the serpent's head. So as we read the Old Testament, we are looking forward to that time When the Son of Man comes, when the Messiah comes, and He crushes the serpent's head, and He sets all things right. Everything that was wrong becomes right when Jesus would come. That's what we're looking forward to. And we read about Abraham and how he was promised a son, a seed, who would one day be a blessing to all the nations. We're looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, of Jesus. And when we come to David, we're looking forward to a son who would sit on David's throne, who would have a kingdom, who would last forever and ever and ever, and everything would be set right. And then we come to the New Testament. We come to the birth of Jesus. We see Him live a spotless, sinless life. We see Him grow to maturity. How He calls twelve men as disciples who follow Him. How He teaches the multitudes. How He heals the lame, the blind, the sick. He heals all these diseases. And it looks like He is setting things right. So why is it that the One who we've all been waiting for, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, the Seed of the Woman, has finally come, and yet we look around in our world and we see so much evil and sickness and pain and death? Why is it we all of... God's people looked forward. We were looking forward through the Old Testament to when He would come. And He finally came. And yet we still experience all this pain. Jesus teaches a parable in Matthew 13. He teaches three parables actually that I think give us a glimpse, maybe not a full answer to this, but a glimpse into why it is that we still live in a world filled with pain. He tells us three parables. One about a, a, a field and a, a sower, a farmer, who goes out and he, he plants seeds, he plants his wheat. And weeds grow up in the midst of his field. And he he also tells us a parable about how a mustard seed is the smallest of all the seeds. Yet it grows into a great big plant. It grows into a tree that all the birds can come and nest in. And then he tells another parable about yeast. And, and leaven and, and how you put just a little bit of it into the, some flour and you work it and you work it and it comes to overtake the entire loaf, lump of flour and the whole thing is leaven. And he says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Let's read from the scriptures. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 24. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do what what do you want us to do? Do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at that at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. And he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid 3 measures of flour till it was all leavened. All these things Jesus said to the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. And he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, give us ears that we may hear. Give us eyes that we may see what Your Word says to us. Help us to understand what Your Word says. Let it take root in us and grow to maturity. Father, be with me. Give me grace. I don't have the strength to follow Your commands. I don't have the strength to to preach your word without you. And I pray that you would strengthen me now. And give me grace, in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus answers this question, and it's not so much answering the question, why are we still here? But it's answering the question, why are there still people in the world that do evil things? Why are is there still lawlessness and pain and sickness and death and all of those things? This first parable Jesus tells, it's, it's, it's common, everyday, normal experience. It's, it's, it's just a man going out to sow seeds, sowing wheat in his field. I, I've got up here a, a vase that's filled with uh, wheat up here. And it came from my dad's field. He, he uh, harvested his wheat on uh, Friday. And he had some around the edges that uh, I went out and picked. But if you take a look there, in the middle of that, there's also some other things besides just wheat. There, there's some weeds that kind of have a, a look that they look like wheat. There's, there's no grain inside the head. They're just weeds. But it, it's a similar look. And, and that's what you have here. The, this farmer, he goes out and he sows seed. He, he scatters his wheat out into his field. And this is kind of unrealistic for us because we know when, when, when you plant your seeds, the weeds are just going to come up. There's enough weeds out there. You don't need an enemy to come and sow weeds in your field. They're there. We use Roundup or some other kind of, of uh, chemical to try to kill our weeds. But you don't have to have somebody go out and sow them. Here, while the man goes to sleep, the farmer, he plants all of his, his field, he goes to sleep, and while he's sleeping, this enemy comes along and he sows out tams. These weeds and they look just like the wheat. You can't even tell a difference whenever they're growing, up until they're at the time of maturity. And they grow, and when they start to sprout, the servants of the master they come to the farmer and they say. Oh, somebody has come out and and he's planted all these weeds in your field. What do you want us to do? Do you want us to go out and pull these up? Do you want us to go and pull up all the weeds? No, the farmer says. Don't pull pull up all the weeds. Let them grow together for the sake of the tender roots of the wheat. Why is it that the weeds were left there in the field? It was for the sake of the wheat. That it wouldn't be damaged. That their wheat, their, their roots would not be pulled up as well. Jesus is getting to the answer of our question there. The farmer tells his servants... Let them grow together and wait until the harvest time. And at that time, then they'll be separated out. The weeds will be taken and they'll put in bundles. And they'll be burned in the fire. And the wheat will be also gathered together and it will be placed in the barn. Well, Jesus tells another parable. And these other two parables that are right back to back, they're really just... Small similes. They're 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 not an extended story, a longer story, but they're they're just these short little comparisons. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. It starts out small. It's just this little bitty seed. And in Jesus' day he had just His 12 disciples, He had other followers, but it starts out very, very small. And yet it grows. And 2,000 years later, we see how great and how big and how exhaustive the influence of Jesus and those disciples has become. And how there are still places in the world where they have not heard the name of Jesus. But most, you have to travel to some pretty remote places to find those. You have the Bible translated into all these different languages. And there are Christians on every continent, except probably Antarctica. I'm sure there's some Christian scientists there doing studying. Jesus then presents another picture, an image, about yeast. You've got just a little bit of yeast and you put it into the flour and you mix it together and you mix it together. And it's just this small amount. And once it's worked in, it leavens the whole lump. It's that... Small thing that becomes a great influence throughout the world. Jesus and His followers were just a small little group. And now, 2,000 years later, it has become something that has influence throughout all kinds of things in the world. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It, it was a small thing and it grows and it grows and it grows until it, it takes over the whole thing. Now, there are different views on eschatology and I don't want to get tied up into all the different uh, debates there. The point that Jesus is making is there's this small kingdom that's just beginning and as time goes on, as the church continues to send missionaries and send the, the proclamation of the Gospel throughout the world it grows in its influence, it grows in its size until it becomes unstoppable. That's what the kingdom of God is like. You know, we look look around here and we can be pretty small like that little mustard seed. We can be a small little church like that little mustard seed. But you know what? that little mustard seed grows and it has a great influence. And that little bit of yeast grows until it covers the whole lump of flour. We may be small, but in time, God can grow us. God can give us influence over time because we know the kingdom of God is not going to stay small the kingdom of God is going to advance we can advance with it we pray that we do that we do advance with the kingdom and that as we preach the gospel and as we proclaim his word that it has continued Influence in our community and throughout the world. There's a short interruption into the parables here. Jesus, it just explains how Jesus was teaching all the people in parables and he wasn't doing any kind of teaching without parables to the crowds. And it says that it fulfills prophecy and it points back to a psalm, Psalm 78. I will utter. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. You know, sometimes whenever prophecy in the New Testament is fulfilled, it's, it's, it's clear where, where you see there's something clearly prophesied in the Old Testament and you see this is the fulfillment later. Here, this is more of a typological fulfillment. It's, it's a type. Have you heard of that kind of Thing. it's a it's a it's a comparison. This is like this. You see, they look at the psalm and they see this this um, quote from Asaph who wrote this Psalm seventy eight, and he says, and, and and in that he was explaining all the wondrous things that God had done about how he had um, saved his people through the Exodus and all these different kinds of things. And then he says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. He's saying this, showing that the things that God has done show a pattern, a parable. A, 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 they're teaching a truth, a message. They're not just for the, the thing in themselves, the, the, uh, the event that happened, but they're teaching a truth. What Matthew is saying here is Jesus. What Jesus was doing in, in teaching the parables is like Asaph in this psalm. It's not a when Asaph was was uh, saying this. He, he wasn't saying the Messiah is one day going to come and teach in parables. But Matthew is saying this is very much like what Asaph was saying in in uh, Matthew in uh, Psalm seventy eight. Well, that's kind of an interruption there within the parables. We'll come back to verse 36. Now, just like in this parable of the sower, in the parable of the sower, which we looked at before, Jesus tells this parable throughout in front of the crowds where people could see, and maybe they didn't understand it. In fact, even His disciples didn't understand it, so they cornered Him later and they asked, what does this parable mean? And so Jesus explained the parable of the sower after we had a little interruption in between. Here, in this parable, we've got the same thing happening. Jesus tells the story, this parable, of the wheat and the tares. There's an interruption. And then Jesus leaves where he is in front of the crowds. He goes into a house, and he's there with his disciples, and they ask him, What does this mean? What does this mean? We don't understand it. We need you to explain it to us. We're kind of thick. And this is what Jesus says. He breaks it down and He gives a meaning to each of the parts in the story. He says that the one that is sowing the good seed, that's the Son of Man. That's Jesus' title for Himself. The Son of Man, that's Jesus himself. So the one who's sowing the seeds, that's Jesus. The field is the world. That's what Jesus says the field is. Now, throughout church history that this has not always been understood. Some have looked at this passage and said, "The field must be the church." So you have lost people and believers together growing up in the church. And you know, while there are people who give an appearance of being believers for a time, and while I would say there are probably plenty of people on our rolls that have never really trusted in Christ. They've maybe walked in aisle, and did what some preacher told them to, but they've never really had any kind of a heart change, I don't think this is what Jesus is talking about here. Because He says the field is the world, not the church, it's the world. So as we look out at the world, it is full of people who are both believers... And unbelievers. The next thing he says the weeds are the, oh, I'm sorry, the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. That's believers. The good seed that sowed, that, that, that Jesus sowed, that's believers. And then the weeds are the sons of the evil one. You have this conflict. You've got the sons of the kingdom and the sons of the evil one. Sounds pretty familiar. We go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 here. Where Jesus, or where the, God says to Eve, there will be enmity between your seed and His seed. Between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And we see this conflict worked out throughout the Bible. Where you have God's people and all of the enemies of the people of God. And here we see in this parable, the kingdom, it has, the, the world is filled with both believers, the sons of the kingdom, and unbelievers, those who are lost. The harvest, the next detail, Jesus says, is the end of the age. It's the final judgment that is to come. And so, Jesus is saying to us, why do we still live in a world that has all this pain? Why do we still live in a world that still has sinners? It's for grace. It's for the sake of the wheat. Just like He said, if, if God pulled everybody out now that was not believers It would tear up some of the tender roots with them. It is for the sake of those who would believe. God lets us grow, He lets the kingdom grow to maturity because He's giving us time before the judgment. He's giving us a limited time, but there is a judgment coming. There is a harvest coming. And He gives us this time because, for the sake of those who would believe. It's grace. That's why we still live in a world with sinners. Because He's Giving us time. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so he gives us time, he gives us grace. But the judgment is coming. The judgment is coming, and this is what he describes as the judgment. Verse 40 Just as the weeds are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all the causes of sin and all lawbreakers. In that place, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. There is a judgment coming. The Bible describes that judgment like fire.
1: And there is
0: a fiery furnace of hell that Jesus talked about. And it is a real place that real people will be thrown into one day. When the harvest comes, when the judgment comes, we are growing up together now. Believers and unbelievers, together, we're growing up together. There's time given for repentance. Time given with a warning but that judgment day is set and He's coming and all those who do not repent, all those who do not turn from their sin, all those who do not put their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins will be thrown into an eternity of fire and weeping the gnashing of teeth. It is gracious that God has given us time. And it is urgent that we get the message out. What do we do when we hear a text like this? It should urge us to a few things. One, it gives us confidence. The kingdom starts out small, but it grows and it may become something big. And so it gives us confidence because we see, though we look around and we seem pretty small now, the kingdom of God will advance. There is nothing that's going to shut it down. It will be big. It will be immense in its Influence. It will cover all of the world. That gives us confidence. As we go and as we preach the gospel, it gives us confidence to know that the kingdom of God's influence will grow and expand and cover all of the earth. The second thing it does is it gives us Warning. There is a set time of judgment coming, and we need to be urgently telling people to turn from their sins and to turn to Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a final day of reckoning. Jonathan Edwards. American pastor in the 1700s, he had rev- resolutions that he had come up with. And he's got all kinds of different resolutions that he, he determined that he would do every day. To, 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 he would live his life, life in this particular way. And I, I don't know all of those resolutions, but I remember one that sticks in my head. He will remember every day that he will one day die. It would be good for us to remember that. One of these days, we are going to die. Someone is going to put us into a grave and kick dirt on us. That's going to happen one day. And we will stand before our Maker. We will stand before a holy judge. This is certain. What will happen on that day? Will we be thrown? Will you be thrown into the fire that burns for eternity? Or will you be gathered together in the harvest to worship and adore the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of man forever and ever Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.